Sure. All right. Well, um, yeah, welcome to the Smelly Podcast. My name's Phil. My name is Mike. And uh, we're a bunch of nerds who wanted to do a podcast. We're good friends. We're going to tell you a little bit about that during this podcast. But, uh, yeah, this is basically a place for a bunch of random nerdy talk about We have no clue what we're doing. This is all. episode one of Smelly Cast, and we... <laughs> We're amateurs. We are very amateurs. This is amateur hour. I'd like to start off by apologizing about any audio. You may hear dogs barking or kids screaming, and that's because my... Gunshots? Gunshots. I'm kind of in the ghetto <laughs> called Queen Creek, Arizona, which is actually a suburb. It's like way out from the city. Uh, but anyway, my microphone actually, had some issues. So. Well, it's a little bit about me. I mean, come on. I live in Utah, uh, just south of Salt Lake City, in a little town called Linden, Utah. Okay. Well, that's great. Mike, why don't you tell me? This sounds so crappy. We should should just start completely over. Why? It sounded great. What did you hate about it? This is us. I just want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to other people. I just want to talk talk to you. Okay. If I'm talking to you, it's not going to be as weird. Okay, well, let me me finish telling about myself, though. Okay. Because this is the Mike show. Okay, Mike. (laughs) Go ahead, Mike. Um, I am a... Web designer and front-end developer at a company called Solution Stream. I'm married. Sorry, ladies. And uh, I have two children and a dog named Kilo. He's a great Dane, and he is great. Um, I really just... Phil moved away a little while ago, and this is my excuse to be able to hang out with him. <laughs> You're kind of ridiculous. So everyone, That's my, me. My name's Phil. And I'm a senior account manager at a company called Crescendo. Um, pretty much, that's just a fancy title to say that I'm a web nerd. So I pretty much do a lot of web marketing. Um, I manage about a million dollars worth of uh, marketing budgets for small companies, about 60 of them. And um, I really enjoy it. I also like web entrepreneurship. I own and operate a couple of my own websites. I am not married, ladies. Sorry, <laughs> you got stuck with the fat guy. <laughs> the skinny guy is married. I'm not um, skinny anymore. I don't have any dogs, no kids, um, and I pretty much feel like a failure most days. So that's me. <laughs> um, Mike, I was thinking we should tell them how we met. So I've known Mike since high school. Oh, yeah. Um, and we tried to pinpoint it once as to what the event was, but uh, the snowball, I think, is mm. the earliest thing. It's funny. I'm talking into a snowball right now. You are. What are the odds? And I enjoy eating snowballs. Yeah. I'm so, so happy they're back. Yep. So, uh, Mike, why don't you tell everyone how we met? I don't know if if it was me or if it was the girl that I was dating at the time. But somehow, Phil was walking out along. We called it the drag. It was where all the students drove up uh, to park. And so Phil was walking up the side of the drag going into the doors. And either by me or by someone else... Can, I, we don't know who. Maybe. It was anyway. you. It was totally you. <laughs> Threw a, this snowball at Phil, and we hit him. And Phil screamed out in agony. And what did you scream, Phil? My boob! His boob! I had hit his boob straight on the nip. It was the best. It hurt so, really bad. And I thought, I man, that might cause an a-hole. No. Yeah, and then, and then, we, and then we had lots of other friends that that uh, we hung out with that we kind of just crossed paths. But I would say that it was really like, I mean, like we hung out in high school, 
But I would say we really developed our relationship after high school. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was um, right after graduation. We spent a lot of time together, got to know each other. So Mike's uh, one of my best friends. I'm, I'm glad that I have him in my, in my entourage, if you would. And Phil, you are a true friend to me. Whatever. And, uh, one, of, sh- one of the few. I only have a handful of true, true friends. And I'm proud that you are one of them. Well, thank you, man. I'm sure everyone else wants to hear the sappy crap. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like movies and music and traveling. <laughs> Whatever. Let's just skip and let's get into okay. it. So uh, there's a, there's, this podcast is going to be about a lot of random stuff, and, and we're both big movie guys. So I It's what interests just... us. Yeah. We don't care about anyone else. This is for us. Yeah, screw you. I'm just so kidding. The, if you have a problem that, with that, let me know. I'll we apologize. came up with a name for people that listen to this podcast, and you don't, you don't have a choice. If you listen to it once then you are this this title. You have earned it. And uh, we're going to call them Smelly Bellies. <laughs> you can call them that all you want, man. All so right, so, if, you're, so, if anybody out there is listening to this, you are a Smelly Belly. Let's get started. All right. So um, we're going to hop right in here. We're going to start talking about some movie reviews. Mike and I are big, big movie nerds. Not necessarily buffs. I wouldn't say we're buffs. Just because I don't think either of us have a right to call ourselves that. No way. But, I'd love to be buff, but... Yeah. Just not. I'm not. I'm just a big nerd. So, I, I we were gonna talk about this, and we decided it'd be good to do one old movie and you know one new movie. And the old movie was picked by Michael. It was. I'm a movie puff. <laughs> Speaking uh, of the puffy. old movie, the old movie that I decided was uh, the Little Mermaid, <laughs> the the animated Disney classic from 1989, The Little Mermaid. Mike, how old were you when The Little Mermaid came out? I was three years old. It's amazing because like, the movie came out when I was three, and I definitely don't remember watching it, but I remember it definitely being a part of my childhood, and you know, I've watched it many, many times, and now with my daughter being two, she's falling in love with it, and it's just it's been great to be watching it again. So, uh, something I can. Do you want to talk about some things that you remember about The Little Mermaid, Phil? Yeah, yeah. So, I was. I'm just a month older than Mike. So, I actually remember being in the movie theater and watching this. Um, so, I remember watching it in the movie theater, and I just remember just being in, in the love. movie theater? I do. I remember. I went with my mom. We lived in Salt Lake. I remember sitting there. I remember watching it. I remember leaving. That's all I remember of that experience. Wow. And That's all I nuts. remember, it was like. Wow, that was awesome. And I love Flounder. Flounder is my favorite. So, wow. yeah. Um, I can't believe that. Well, so for me, I love the soundtrack, and I think that it is absolutely incredible. Um, Ellen Menken is amazing. I just barely watched Phil, You Need to Watch This. So um, he did a concert at D23 Expo, which was just barely, where he played through all of his songs from the Disney songbook. And it's awesome. He's done so much for Disney music. Like really? he is he is the in my I mean there are other ones, you know, but he's my favorite, I think. Especially because all of his music is what I kind of grew up with. It's not the older stuff like, you know, Mary Poppins and all of those, but right. Those are great too, but well, it's awesome. Well, I I'm never been big into Disney music. Uh, like I enjoy it, but I've never been the one who can identify who the composer was or I haven't. It's only been like in the last probably couple months that I've started actually like paying attention to it and saying, okay, who did this movie? Who did this movie? And basically, Alan Menken is a genius. 
That's awesome. Okay, well, I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. Um, but you just watched this recently with your daughter, right? I did. Okay, so Mike has the cutest little girl named Peyton. She's, uh, she's ridiculous. She's probably the most ridiculous thing in the world. She's been talking since she was, like, what, one? Yeah, she's nuts. Yeah. She's she's a little spitball. So, um, I, I figured it'd be good to kind of go through and uh, just kind of hear your thoughts as you watched it for the first okay. time in a long time. So, the music is, of course... I, I mean, I knew this going into it, that the music was going to be awesome. But the thing that struck me is a lot of people talk about Ariel like she is, you know, one of the hottest Disney princesses. Can I tell a joke? Yes, go for it. Okay. Why do mermaids wear uh, seashells? I don't know. Because B shells are too small and D oh, shells geez. are too big. <laughs> that just got our uh, PG rating. <laughs> I just, I heard we just that. took it from G to PG. I heard that when I was in Boy Scouts when I was like 12. Some, someone told me that, like an adult. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, that's not a very good joke. It's no. a great joke. <laughs> it's almost as, as good as my default like go-to tell me a joke. Joke? <laughs> nacho cheese. What do you call cheese that's not yours? So ridiculous. Nacho cheese. <laughs> so ridiculous. Do you love how I knew okay, exactly okay. what it was? We're off topic, but okay. back to the Little Mermaid. I looked this up because everybody's always talking about how they think that Ariel is like one of the hottest Disney princesses. So she is only 16 years old in the movie. That's how old she is. <laughs> She is supposed to be. And she's like the skimpiest of all the princesses. Like if I were King Titan Triton, there's no way. Or I don't even remember his name. Triton, I think is correct. There's no way that I'd let my daughters, all of his daughters are running around like that. There's no way. No way. Cover up those B cups. You 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 wouldn't let you She's wouldn't let your daughter, 16, your mermaid daughters. And she looks even younger than that in the movie. Like, it's ridiculous. And then Prince Eric, he is just barely celebrating his 18th birthday. So, I guess it's not... I, at first, I thought that Eric was, like, you know, probably at least 10 years older than her. But when I looked it up, I guess he just barely celebrated his 18th birthday. Still a little statutory going on, though. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of awkward. Yeah, um, it is. It really. I mean, I guess they don't. We don't know that they do anything. Well, they're not married. Still, I guess they were married. Whatever. Anyway, so what? Right. what so that's that's interesting. Uh, what else? So overall, that I mean, that's really it. It comes down to the music. Animation was kind of, you know, that was in a typical time where I, don't, I mean, I guess all the water animation was cool, but I don't know of any animation that was, you know, specific to to uh little mermaid and i don't i don't know if they i wonder if they did like bed knobs and broomsticks before or after little mermaid i'm gonna look it up bed knobs and broomsticks was made in 1971 so that was like a while before and they did underwater animation in bed knobs and broomsticks so i guess it, you know it wasn't that well, special it's interesting though looking at that because it was like kind of the standard for a long time until finding nemo came into play and um my finding nemo like exclusive Blu-ray disc, they've got. They talked about how they animated the ocean and how they animated the seafloor, and the seafloor they said was the hardest. It took them forever, and they finally just decided to basically make it the top of the ocean upside down. Oh really? Yeah, and that's how it's got all those like wavy, like sand light, bars and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So interesting. Sad note. They just made Sidebar. It really, like slowed it down or something. 
Yeah, it's just it's a stable ocean top. Interesting. With the waves, they just freeze the waves and then they put texture on them. Huh. Um, well, going into that, right? So I haven't seen it in a long time, and so um, one of the things I did, I do, I, I listened to a podcast called Script Notes Podcast with John August and Craig Mason. They're two screenwriters, and they actually picked apart the entire movie uh, a couple months ago. Really? The entire thing. You should you That's should download awesome. it for sure. Um, great, great podcast. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. It's one of my favorite things. And they picked up the whole thing and they talked about a bunch of different things. And I'm just going to go through a couple highlights that they talked about. So um, the one thing that they really had hit on was that it was very different than the original story. I think it was Hans Christian Andersen mm-hmm. who did it. And the original story is like really dark and sad. And so it's not about Ariel getting legs. It's about her wanting to live and get hmm. to heaven. Because I guess in the original, she goes to her dad and says, her dad or her mom says, hey, you know, what happens when we die? And she says, oh, you turn to seafoam. That's all that happens. And so anyway, the whole point of it was her trying to basically get a soul because mermaids didn't have soul, have souls. And it was like really dark. Um, They talk about how Flounder is actually a useless character. Was he in the Hans Christian Andersen version? (laughs) No. Or was he added? He was definitely added. And he was kind of like a sidekick to kind of help, you know, Flounder! Ariel do her thing. <laughs> and they talk about how she, he's like, he's very fickle. Like one moment he's like for her, like being rebellious. And then the other, he's like being, you know, Mr. Straight Man. And so hmm. they thought it was kind of interesting. They talked about that. They also talked about how the end, it was interesting because it was a lower budget film until they got to the end. And then they realized how good it was going to be. And so all of a sudden there's this epic sea battle. Right. And yeah. the sea battle was added. None of that was originally in the original Hans Christian Andersen. And all of that was added at the end after they'd already started making the film. Interesting. Yeah, and then I thought another side point here that would be interesting to talk about is um, Katzenberg. So the, the thing they talked yeah. about was that this was kind of the start of the Katzenberg era. I believe it was his first film, the animated film, that he was huh. over at Disney when he was put in charge of the animation department. And um, there's a great article on USA Today. We're going to go ahead and add a link to this at smellycast.com. Just some, uh, I wanted to read this section on on this article, but it says, um, when they brought him in, um, Eisner brought him in, and he, you know the current CEO of Disney brought him in, and he said, see that? Eisner said, pointing to a building, uh, building housing, the animation team, that's your problem. Katzenberg froze, he knew nothing about animation, didn't consider himself a fan of cartoons. I had never made an animated movie, had no familiarity in any shape or form, he says. I didn't even know where to start learning. And a colleague mentioned that Disney kept copious notes from his days as a filmmaker and executive, and even recorded most of his conversations at work. Even better, most of the tapes and scribblings were made in a studio vault. Katzenberg, Katzenberg found the trove and inspiration. Walt had essentially left the recipe for making a Disney animated movie, he says. You have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see that he was leaving breadcrumbs the size of Volkswagens. To this day, I feel like I was a student of Walt Disney. And within four years, Katzenberg Katzenberg had turned around the department, overseeing some of the studio's biggest hits, including Beauty and the Beast in 1991, Aladdin in 1992, and The Lion King in 1994. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, and, you know, we'll talk about it when we get down to some other stuff, but, you know, the thing that I thought was interesting is I read this article, and then I listen to the uh, biography of Walt Disney. I'll add a link to that as well. I don't remember the name or who who wrote it, but it was incredible. And they kind of talked about it, and, you know, the thing you don't realize is most of Disney's films were flops. Most of them were just, people hated them. They didn't make money till their third or fourth release, 
And now, you know, we grew up in an era where those were the classics and every single one of them was good. It's just interesting to see, you know, that most people don't consider Disney movies good until Katzenberg got there. Hmm. And, and then our era looks at everything as awesome. So That's crazy. What uh, What's his first name? Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey. That's a, to answer your question. El Jefe. El Jefe. Huh. Okay. Well, yeah. And so, what was his actual... Like, I don't see him... He was the president here. of... Oh, okay. Of Disney Animation, I believe. Oh, oh. So he he wasn't necessarily... Yeah, he ended up, like, getting forced out. Because like, he's not listened to it. Like, he's not listed as a producer or anything on any of them. Like, his first one is... I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he would be, because he was just uh, the president of the yeah. animation department. So, or the president of Disney Animation. And so, he, you know, there's a big fallout, and he got forced out of Disney, and he ended up going and co- co-founding DreamWorks. Right. And DreamWorks, I mean, has made just billions and billions of dollars Shrek when every and, other company's going yeah. down. It was the first studio in, like, 60 years. So. Speaking of, I just barely watched Prince of Egypt again for the yeah. first time. Great. Never seen it. What? Oh. Phil, you gotta watch Prince of What's Egypt. What's it about? It's about the Prince of Egypt, Moses. <laughs> Who's that? You're a fool. Whatever. So anyway, um, those okay. are just a couple notes that I thought were interesting about Little so, Mermaid. What would what would you give? What would you give Little Mermaid as a star rating? I would say that I'd probably give Little Mermaid uh, a four. Just kind of overall, it was really well done, very enjoyable. I mean, it it holds the test for a Disney animated film. I give it a three and a half. Okay. It doesn't quite reach the four for me because I feel like they rushed into the ending. And I feel like the end, like it's like, oh, we're going to be nice, 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 nice. And then, boom, they just throw the ending on you. And it's like this big battle. And you're like, what? Right. It, so, so that's the thing that I think was interesting they talked about is that it was kind of like, oh, this is good. Let's put some more money into this and have a giant sea battle. Which is cool. I just didn't really, I don't know. Maybe it Maybe it's worth four. Well... That's okay. My three and a half. Really likes it. You got a three and a half. I, I got a I four. I really like the ride at, Disney, at California Adventure. So the new ride is awesome. That I might, enjoy that. That might give it, bump it right up to four. <laughs> Some oh. cool animatronics if anyone hasn't, seen, hasn't been there. Just check it out. So the next movie that we want to talk about is a newer movie that's been recently released. And we need to warn you that there will be spoilers in this review. Uh, oh, sorry. There were also spoilers in Little Mermaid. Yes. Oops. <laughs> sorry. So we are going to give you our review of Gravity, the the uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Was that good, Phil? That was good. Sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. <clears throat> anyway, so spoilers ahead. So I think <laughs> one of the one of the places we can start here is um, for anyone who doesn't use the internet, you probably don't know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is. And I thought it would be interesting to kind of go through before. He tweeted out a bunch of spoilers, but they're interesting. And I didn't listen to these before I watched the movie. I didn't read these before I watched the movie. I didn't either. And I haven't even read them through yet. So I figured it would be interesting to read through them. You still haven't read them? I have not. But I have it up right here. Have you you read them? Okay. Well, but before we pick it apart, I think we should talk about the actual movie. Okay. All right. Let's do that. You go ahead. You start with what you want to touch on. Okay. I've got some things here. First of all... I really wish that I would have seen it in IMAX okay. because it is just huge. Everything about it, like 
I caught myself multiple times during the movie with my eyes as wide as I possibly could, which doesn't happen in every movie, just trying to take it all in. And I feel like if I would have seen it in IMAX, it would have just pulled me in even further. And I also didn't see it in 3D. Uh, that's because I, unlike Phil, am against 3D. I did I see it in 3D, and I thought it was one of the movies that deserved to be seen in 3D. And, and that's what I've heard. And I would, I would go see it in 3D in the IMAX if I were seeing it again. Okay. And I also love their use of sound. Like the way, like the huge, huge noise at the beginning, the metal on the metal, and then it just goes to complete silence when they're in space. It's awesome. That's great. So the, the way they, they use sound was awesome. Huge look. Um, I think I agree with James Cameron's quote. Have you heard this quote? No. What is okay. it? Okay. This is what James Cameron had to say about gravity. He said, I was stunned, absolutely floored. I think it is the best space photography ever done. I think it is the best space film ever done. And it's the movie I've been hungry to see for an awful long time. Wow, that's awesome. I think it, I think it is the best space, like realistic space movie that there ha- that's been done. Okay. So that's interesting because I went into this hearing mixed reviews actually. So a good friend of mine who's actually, he's pretty critical of films, and he's got really good taste in films. He came out of it saying that he and the two people he was with hated it. Really? Just did not like it. And during the movie, they just thought about getting up and leaving. Really? Yeah. Now, I'm... Why? I, did he say why? Um, he didn't. I haven't talked to him about it because um, he didn't want to spoil it for me. He wanted me to yeah. go see it and then give yeah. him my opinion, so... I'll follow up with him on that, and maybe we'll have a little sidebar in our next podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it, and I feel like I'm different when I go to watch a movie, because I watch movies for different reasons. When I yeah. went to watch this, I went to watch it knowing that it was going to be space porn. I mean, it was going to be yeah, totally. visually stunning, and you know, I was hoping to grip the edge of my seat. Those were Don't, the things that I was Also, hoping. the trailer was crap. Like, I, I did not want to see it after watching the trailer. I would agree with that. I would agree that it was much better than the trailer led on, which I'm okay with in the sense that it, the trailer didn't spoil things. Definitely. I didn't feel like I'd seen the movie. There, were, there was plenty there that, plenty of meat for me to enjoy in the movie. So um, I went in watching it, and, and I wanted to, you know, the thing that I wanted was to be kind of the edge of my seat feeling like be involved, and I definitely did. There were moments when she was trying to grip things, and I was like, my body was involuntarily like jumping or grabbing the edge of my seat. Yeah. Like those are the things that I really enjoyed about it. Yeah. You know, from a story perspective, it, it was an interesting story. And, and I've got a, got a couple of notes here I'll, I'll go through, and then I want to hear your thoughts go. and then any wanna, notes you have. I don't have story notes. I've got, uh, I guess I have a couple story notes. Okay. You want so, me to go first on my story notes since sure. mine are going to be smaller than yours? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I loved the religion. I loved, you know, I looked it up what it was, but I loved how in the Russian escape pod they had the Orthodox Saint Christopher yep. icon in the, the little on the card, the and then the in the Chinese it was the Buddha. I loved that, and then I also loved like I feel like it didn't necessarily take a stance on religion and you know claim that one God was you know the God, and and she was obviously praying through you know most of the the end of the movie. And I, I just really, I loved that she was basically just saying that prayer. And it was, it was for nobody but for her and for her daughter, you know. Right. 
but I loved that prayer. And then I also really liked, um, and I, I got this from the Wikipedia thing, but I definitely noticed it, but the, she devolved into the fetal position when she got into the international space station. And then she evolved when she came out of the lake at the end. So it showed the process of her, you know, doing that. So it, it talked about how like, it wasn't trying to be at, at the next like 2001, a space odyssey with all the philosophical kind of meanings to it but there were definitely things in there and i liked the re- the references to religion and the references to the evolution and i that's, feel like awesome. the fact that they're both there are uh, are just really cool that's cool so um major spoiler george clooney's character dies drifts, he drifts into space <laughs> and there's a moment when he shows up again she's basically given up on life she yeah. shows up again and he shows up again gets in the, the freaking uh, spacecraft with her and then tells her things that she needs to know. And I thought it was very interesting, like, not to be too super religious about this, but I was like, it's almost an angelic visitation. But at the same huh. time, you could take it that way, or you could also take it more of a, you know, philosophical evolutionary perspective where you're looking at it, it's like, she's basically on the brink of death, she's given up, and the fight-or-flight instinct has kicked in, and her subconscious is telling her how to survive. Totally. Which... I just thought it was very interesting to kind of the juxtaposition of the two and how they kind of meld together. Look at you and your big words. Juxtaposition? <laughs> it's a good it's a good word. It's one of my favorite words right now. I don't even so, know what it means. It's basically um, showing contrast by presenting one thing in front of another thing. Okay. So, for example, peace in front of violence. Right. right. If someone chooses not to kill someone while everyone else is killing people around them, well, you understand well, it how meets, would you, makes it How would more. you show... I mean, does, does the space... You know, all that debris and everything and how it was so slow. Like it was agonizing because everything was so slow, but at the same time, in reality, it was fast. But it looked slow because it was in space and so vast. Yeah. No, I mean, everything was – I mean, the whole thing was kind of interesting. Like, Did you know that they, they pushed the whole movie back a year just so they could focus on visual effects? It, it definitely showed. I did not feel like a single shot was forced. No. So I it was mean, I think it was hurried. It was well worth it, and I, it won the box office. So I, I'm sure it's it's going to recoup its money. I think right another now. thing is uh, the cinematographer. I looked looked him up. I'll admit it. Manuel okay. Lubezki. He's been nominated five times for an Oscar. I think, think he's going to win. I think he's going to win. That the cinematography was just stunning. It really was. It kind of put everything kind of into perspective of the size of everything, which yep. was great all right well let's, let's oh, hop okay. down this one list. one last thing and then Jeez, we can go into Sorry. Your short list i'm just saying we i have not seen a lot of movies from alfonso cuaron i haven't seen all of his his uh mexican movies and stuff he's done a bunch with javier bardem that we're whoever, at sunday whoever that is you know who that uh, is he's the bad guy and you know who that is right yeah 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 okay what i think so you? is he is he tortuga no oh no in Breaking Bad, no, no. Oh, that's who I was thinking of. Anyway, anyway, if so, all I've seen did. of of his. Oh yeah, Look, all I've seen of his is you know Harry Potter, and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and uh, uh, what else? There was like one other one. He's done but, a bunch of Sundance films, like two. Yeah, yeah, which we love. We can yeah. talk about that later too. Make a note. 
but basically, if if this is the kind of quality that he's going to be putting out, I'm very excited to watch what he does next. Yeah, it's a new director that I care to track and watch Definitely. his films. Which is, which is rare to find these days. Right. I feel. I feel. So, um, so a couple okay. things, points here for me. Um, opening dialogue was a little too on the nose. It starts with him basically repairing a, a satellite. And um, this is what he says. Basically, this is Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson is saying. No, this. these are my notes still. Oh, there's oh. still Phil's notes. Wow, we'll to well, you're gonna touch on some of Neil's then. So, the dialogue is a little too on the nose. Like they're sitting up there in space and they're working on some stuff, and then Houston's like, "Don't forget, this is why we're here for our mission." And if, right after explaining the entire mission, and it's like, okay, it's just force feeding us plot, and I did not like that. I felt like they could have exposed that or revealed it in another way instead of Houston literally saying. We're here to work on this. It's your project. Let's not forget that's our entire mission. Like that was just too on the nose for me. Hmm. So I did not like that. But that's my only critique of the dialogue. Everything was great. George Clooney's dialogue was incredible. That character yeah, I, was just so real. Very real. But I also felt like it was just your typical George Clooney. I mean that that's right. the that's what that's the character that George Clooney plays. I guess that's true. But he was he's perfect at it. Right. Like they were supposed to have Robert Downey Jr. in his place. Really? And yeah. Which would have been interesting. It, it would have been, been interesting, been but but uh different cuz yeah. they have a different kind of kind of uh, tone. Yeah, delivery, there's the word. All right. Juxtaposition. <laughs> so um Ooh, when I was when I was leaving, I stayed to write down all my notes. Um and we've already touched on a couple of them, but um there were these older ladies. They were the last three people to leave, and they're older ladies walking out with the canes and walkers, and they started like ripping on the movie. Really? They're just like, I feel like she had nine lives. She Every element almost killed her. She almost died by fire, water. She almost lost her air. Like they were just like ripping on it. Wow, well, that's and, that's right, really true though. But, but it brought something to the opinion. It's like she literally almost died based on every single thing. She almost smashed into the earth. She was almost caught on fire. She almost died because of no oxygen, and she almost drowned. Yeah, like those, water. So it was literally like, you know, and she got to experience everything that makes Earth wonderful. All Earth, of those things that make up everything. Earth, solar winds, and fire. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So um, the other thing that I thought was interesting is it really kind of brought to, to my attention. They talk about how most screenwriters talk about is this an idea a movie idea or is this an idea a TV show? And I guess I should say to everyone who doesn't know me or doesn't know this, I mean, I'm, I'm screenwriting is what I want to do. It's like my thing. And that's why I try not to be a hack who pretends to know. I don't want to be precocious or pretentious. But I would say that, um, you know, I've learned a lot. And, I, and this is one of the things that I think is one of the most valuable lessons I've learned is looking at an idea, an idea and deciding is this a movie idea or a TV show idea. And this is a movie idea. Because a movie idea is this is an event that happens one time. Hmm. It's sort of this giant coincidence that inspires this person who needs to do this thing in order to to achieve their goal. That's right? interesting because so, we've had we've had some talks lately, uh, like when I've had ideas for you, and I've thought that it would make a great movie, and you're just instantly like, "Nope, that'd be a TV show." Right. So the I don't think I've come the... up with an actual movie idea. Yeah. And it's interesting because the TV show idea is this is someone doing things over and over again. And it's all about that person doing the thing that they do or getting to the place they need to be, right, they need to achieve their goal. Whereas a movie's like there's a giant coincidence that leads this person to the thing that only they could do or is right for just them. 
And this was her. I mean, she needed to go through this. George Clooney even tells her at one point, you need to let go. And it's all about, you know, her daughter's died and she's suffering from all of this. And she likes silence because she doesn't want to think. She doesn't want to think about anything. She wants to, you know, hide it. And she needed to go through this experience, as horrible as it is, to overcome these past issues and learn that she wants to live. She wants to enjoy life. She wants to keep going on. And that's why what made it great from a character perspective. So, yeah, wow. Okay, so was, anyway, let, let's go. Deep. Let's go through these notes here. What what, uh, what site are you on so I can follow along? Um, so this is on Imgur, one of my favorite websites. Thank yeah, you, we Michael. We're cranking through this this podcast. We're like thirty three minutes in. Yeah, and we still got a lot to talk about. I know. Okay, so let's keep going. All right, so um, I'm gonna read one, and then you can read the next one. We'll just alternate. Okay. 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 So, number one, the film Gravity should be renamed Zero Gravity, which is kind of true. Except, yeah. I'll say this, the thing that I got was it is about gravity because it's all about coming down. It's about coming back. And gravity was bringing her back into her life and, you know, accepting that. That's what I got, so. Yeah, she had no clue whether she would make it or not, and she was just, she would it, take whatever she was given. Gravity is what pulls us back down, and that's the whole point of it. But Zero Gravity, very funny. The whole thing takes place in Zero Gravity. Okay, next one is Mysteries of Gravity. Why Bullock, a medical doctor, is servicing the Hubble Space Telescope. Which is funny. Which and we was, know is because she was doing imaging in the hospital, but still. Right. Someone else, another technician, could have easily added that because it's technical spec. She could have created the software and just done diagnostics from Earth. Um, okay, Mysteries of Gravity. How Hubble, 350 miles up, ISS and a Chinese space station are all in sight lines of one another. Because <laughs> they're all it's like true. different distances lo- from the Earth. Pretty, and they're, yeah, they're on different, uh, they're, ro- they're rotating around the Earth like at different, at different, uh, like I was reading one of them goes in like an elliptical shape and one of them is, uh, is like an oval. Gotcha. And they're all different heights, but they were all it's within distance. You could see each other. All right, all right. Yeah, they were very lucky that day. Mysteries of Gravity. When Clooney releases Bullock's tether, he drifts away in zero G. A single tug brings them together. So <laughs> that's definitely true. And I, I, I did actually think about that. I was like, why would, uh, why couldn't she just tug on him just a little bit and right. have him start to change his pull? But I don't know enough about zero yeah, G to I'm not Neil deGrasse Tyson. DeGrasse. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Is it really? Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to call him You're saying Degrassi, Degrassi because Degrassi. of like the Canadian TV show. I don't care. Like the high school show? That's why you're calling it Degrassi, huh? I'm, d- I'm done. <laughs> Keep it up with the Degrassis. Is that the show? No. It was like, oh, it's such a horrible show. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Ever... This is the problem when you're just like on the internet just reading things and never watching any introductions. It's Degrassi. Neil Degrassi Tyson. Oh, I'm glad I'm, you're I'm here pretty to sure. tell me that. Maybe you should call him Degrassi, and I'll call him Degrassi, and then we'll cover both bases. I believe you. I'll okay. follow you. Okay, next one. All right, Mysteries of, Z- of Gravity. Why Bullock's hair and otherwise convincing zero-G scenes did not float freely on her head. Which I feel is a little bit mean. She had short hair. Yeah, it maybe still maybe she used hairspray. In space. <laughs> Go ahead. 
<laughs> Mysteries of gravity. Nearly all satellites orbit Earth west to east, yet all satellite debris portrayed orbited east to west. See, that's just like... Ooh. So so far over my head. Yeah. What a smart man! Like, and he, can, and he could tell. He could be like, know. "Oh, this is backwards," you know. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think he did the same thing on, uh, not the Colbert Report, but uh, he. It was uh, the Daily Show. Your the Earth Show, rotates yeah. backwards. Yeah, your Earth it's is rotating the wrong way. The wrong way. It's spinning on its axis the wrong way. Smart man. Yep. Mysteries of gravity. Satellite communications were disrupted at 230 miles up, but communication satellites orbit 100 times higher. And communications never came back. She was able to get the freaking Inuit guy, but nobody else. Like, nobody and, else would think, oh, let's just jump on the AM and maybe she'll... Right. Stupid. Until she jumps down, until she gets down to Earth. Is that how we just, like, raved about this movie and now we're ripping on it? It's kind of great. Well, it's Degrassi. He's <laughs> bringing it up. <laughs> Degrassi, come on. Mysteries of Gravity, why we enjoy a sci-fi film set in make-believe space more than we enjoy actual people set in real space. Ooh, NASA burn. <laughs> FYI. I Inuit... really enjoyed this movie. I'm giving it a like a 4 out of 5. I'm giving it higher than Little Mermaid, I think. Yeah, you tweeted out 4.5 yesterday. Okay, well, it... From Late Night Movie Club, you said 4.5. Okay, well, you're stuck I'm gonna, with it. It's public. It's four point five, four and a half. Then four and a half out of five. Okay. I guess I really liked it. <laughs> FYI, angular momentum: the tendency once set rotating to keep rotating unless another force acts to slow or stop it. Okay. Yes. Say so. Science. Science, bit. Okay. Last one. Mysteries of gravity. Astronaut Clooney informs medical doctor Bullock what happens medically during oxygen deprivation. <laughs> Just so you know. That's awesome. Okay. That is. But he was just talking her through it. Right. No, that anyway, was, that was but he came, he came out. Did you read his letter that he like put out on Facebook saying that, you know, he, he, he thinks that it's a compliment that he was actually able to criticize this movie. You know, because most movies you just, you know, when they, Star Trek, you know, you just have to give it all of that, right. all of those space rules. And you just say, oh, yeah, I'll believe it. But he actually took, like, he doesn't do this. He doesn't go and criticize Star Trek and say, oh, this was wrong and this was wrong. He did this because they were trying to make a real-to-life accurate movie, I feel. That's cool. No, I can appreciate that. I give this three and a half. Three and a half? You're skeptical. It was was good, but there were a couple things things that I just couldn't get over and... You know, I said See, I came out of it like, loving it. I, it. Like looking back on it a day later, I would probably bump it down to a four out of five. But overall, I really enjoyed it, and I will see it again, and I will buy it. Yeah, recommended to everyone, and you know, on a good Blu-ray, I think it's going to look great. You know, oh, dude, on my projector that I'm getting, it's not going to be as crisp as like an LED. But I mean, yeah, I'm talking to the guy with the 70 inch TV. What am I? What do I know? Yeah, I can watch it on either one. Choices, man. I got options. Okay. All right. Here's the Smelly Cast video game reviews. <laughs> Episode one. Uh, 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 uh. Mike loves music. He's also a stripper. Speaking of strippers. Do you want to talk about uh, the first video game you want to talk about? Yeah. Speaking of strippers. Let's let's go back to this. Uh, stripper music. Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, man. Okay. So best, best GTA ever. It's incredible. It was I'm great. Good. 
Do you do you agree? Was it is it the best GTA? Yes. I would oh! say yes. Oh. See, and this is see, I haven't even beat it. I'm only I'm still like ten percent through. I mean, and we're talking to Mr. Hundred Percent, so it's it's hard. I wanna say Vice City was better. Yeah. But that's nineteen eighties Miami and Scarface and it's a little bit more comical. It was just kind of crazy. This one's more realistic. And so for just an overall production value, definitely this one just kills it. Well, I mean, to give you some numbers, it made eight hundred million within twenty four hours, one billion within three days, sold eleven point two one million copies. So crazy. Ridiculous. Yeah, so the the, mo- the game is crazy. It did so well. It's the fastest movie game to a billion dollars, and the number one opening of all time. And the Grand Theft Auto Four did the number one opening of all time until Black Ops Two came out. Yeah. So, I mean, to tell you how much money these guys are making is crazy. Hand over fist. Yeah. So, so the game's great. The gameplay's awesome. Just kind of warning that everyone who obviously knows already, really bad. Spoilers. Slots of spoilers. There's boobies. <laughs> okay, so that's actually the number one thing I have on my notes here to talk about. So in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which was probably the Grand Theft Auto I spent the most time playing in high school, mm. um, there's a strip club, and you can go in and watch these pixelated girls dance, and it's completely just bad, bad, just computer graphics. Nothing realistic about it. But they didn't they have pasties? They had, like, full-on bikini tops. <laughs> and okay. they're, like dancing with their hands they're just like kind of like stick figure hands it was like so awkward but if you did that long yeah, enough you still went in there yeah. over and over and but over. i learned that if you went to, if you did that long enough and you sat through you could buy the strip club which would give you the most amount of money and i think that game any business really? so you had to do that so i did that and so in huh. this one i was like Immediately, I was like, I'm going to do this because I want to make money. Lap dances all day. <laughs> so I went in, and I go into this private dance, and I'm like, those are boobies. That oh. girl is completely topless. And there are very realistic naked chicks in this game. And so uh, to give second- you guys some reference to our to our, uh, our naivete, we are both uh, Mormons. So for us, you know, we, we try not to observe boobies. We try yeah. to we try to avoid boobies. Respect uh, except them, for, but stay away. Yeah, yeah. Like dolphins, <laughs> killer whales, dolphins. most sea creatures. I mean, you can swim with dolphins. Mm. I guess you can swim with boobies too. Yeah. Oh jeez. So anyway, this just got embarrassing. I'm blushing. Okay, okay. <laughs> keep going. Lots so, of boobies. We get so, it. Anyway, I'm like back out, back out, back out, and then I realize that if you go and you look. On Xbox Live, anyone could see that it says Phil Hudson or Omni Hyperflux, which is my gamer tag, and it says playing Grand Theft Auto Strip Club. Ten hours it's, in the strip club. It says where you're at in the game. I was like, oh, this is horrible. Um, so yeah. Anyway, see, um, I haven't even made it into a strip club yet. So and it I becomes don't... part of the story mode later. Oh really? <laughs> you have to go in there, and it tells everyone that you're there. So it just looks awkward. Huh. So, and yeah. you can't get 100% unless you sit through, like, enough lap dance to make a girl want to go home and sleep with you. Strip <laughs> So. Good yeah. to know. Looks like I'm not doing 100%. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, anyway, other than that, I mean, the game's great. Like, gameplay's awesome. The characters are just incredible. Um, we'll throw a, a link to an, an interview between the voice actors. The voice actors look just like the characters. I mean, just really? incredibly I didn't know that. like them. Yeah, Trevor. Did they do the same kind of stuff that they did with L.A. Noire? Um, the same Like facial capture? recording no, and stuff? No, I don't think yeah. it was that in-depth. I, I don't know. I haven't looked into that part. Okay. But, yeah, if anyone hasn't played L.A. Noire, the, the game's good. I mean, it wasn't the slow. best Rockstar game. Very slow. 1940s investiga- investigatory journalism or police That's work. That's so great. It but, was um, fun. Yeah, the, I really enjoyed it. I played that capture to 100%. Was, yeah, I did too. The facial capturing was just awesome. Like, just awesome. So yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll throw a link up so you can see them, but it, it was incredible. One of the best storylines, one of the most interactive games. I mean, all of the things you can do. Um, these aren't spoilers, just things everyone knows, but you can jump, you can go skydiving, you can like Fish, Somehow golf. people are getting fish, golf. You can go diving in the sea and fight great white sharks. UFOs. Submarines. UFOs. Sasquatch. Um, one of the coolest things you sent me, Mike, the, the glow-in-the-dark thing. You want to talk about that? I don't know. The glow-in-the-dark oh, map. Oh, on the map. Yeah, Did you actually mind. try it? I haven't. I, I haven't tried it yet I don't know if it's every map or if it's just the collector's edition. I only got the special edition. I didn't get any edition. I got the regular yeah, so I need to find a black light, black light and try it out. Huh. Anyway, so you use a black light and it shows you where different things like UFOs have crashed and where Bigfoot is. So you can go and find them in the game. And, and like people found them, I think, before they actually figured out the map or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, people were like finding them. Like, and anyway. then I think four days later, the map came out. So let me drop a bomb on you, Phil. You ready? Okay. What can they possibly do? For GTA 6. Well, here's the question. Is it going to be GTA 6 or are they going to revisit like Vice City? That'd be cool. Because GTA 4 was... Yeah. I mean... Yeah, GTA 4. It was GTA 4, 3, Vice City. Then it was... 4. 4. And then they did a bunch of like stories from... And then they did 5. So That's are they going right. to do Vice City again? I think they're hitting Vice City. They have to. It's Miami. I hope they do Salt Lake City. Um, I would I would go as far though as to say that Grand Theft Auto Five was Rockstar's magnum opus. Really, the greatest well, work. It's a, it's an amalgamation of all of their things. So really, the, yeah. The shoot the shooting styles in the game are taken yep. from Red Dead Redemption, which were then popularized inside um, Max Payne. Mm. Right. So it's the same shooting menus, gun menus, all of that. From yeah, those. I still I'm still I'm still only thirty percent through Max Payne. <laughs> You need to finish that. Um, the targeting systems and specialty skills come from Red Dead Redemption and Max Payne. Oh, Red Dead. I mean, mm. all of it. I'm it's, hoping that's what we get next before anything else is a Red Dead sequel. Right. The racing on next system, gen on on the X Bone, it's going to be, be amazing. So cool. So cool. So the racing, it's taken from Midnight Club, the racing game. It's the same mm. basic setup as that. Um, I mean, everything, just all of it. A lot of the stuff, the things you can do, is just basically all of these games, the things they worked out, taking the best pieces of them and making Grand Theft Auto V. So. It's, it's the best GTA yet. And I, I guess I would agree with you. And I, I'm only, like I said, I'm only 10% through. So yeah. No, well, the game's great. And, you know, it just reminded me of one thing, because there is that desire. You've mentioned it a couple times. Getting 100% in these games is just ridiculous. It takes hours and hours and hours of time to do that. Yeah. I mean, in Dedication. Red Dead Redemption, you had to kill one of every animal. I had to shoot a bald eagle. It made me feel so bad. That's illegal. 
in the game. I felt horrible. Like, like, did you feel bad when you were torturing the guy? No. <laughs> no. But in but Red Dead Redemption, for the eagle. in Red Dead Redemption, when I had to kill an eagle and kill all of the buffalo, I felt horrible. Oh. So. So. so okay. So anyway, talking about 100%, you know, Chris Hardwick from the Nerdist Podcast, and back, he, I read an interview in Wired, actually at your house once, and um, he talked about nerds and how nerds are interesting. They talked about the psychology of, like, achievements and awards, and one of the reasons why nerds spend so much time doing the things they do is because it, it creates the same psychological sensation of achieving something like chopping down a tree or hiking a mountain. And huh. that so, and he talked about how we crave that, and we want to master the things we do. And he talks about sports figures and how they're actually nerds, like they're the sports nerds. They're the masters of the thing they do, and that's what they dedicate all of their time to. Whereas right. we're more inclined to do things in more of a fantasy type world, like Grand Theft Auto or other things. We want to become the very best. I do. I want to be the best. Yeah. And then I feel horrible when a little crappy thirteen-year-old kid can beat me. Yeah. Well. That's gonna. The same thing gonna, about my mom. Yeah. He's like, well, oh, it pwned. happens. It happens. Like, you weren't around when that was invented, kid. So, is that is that it for GTA? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, so before before we go into the next one that I that we had on our itinerary, I just wanted to throw in an honorable mention for my for my game, which that I I love, which is SimCity. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah. So I waited. I didn't do. I didn't even buy the PC version, and I waited for the Mac, and I was definitely disappointed by the Mac, and I ended up downloading the PC one and playing the PC PC one on my Mac, um, and it like the graphics were ten times better. And I, granted, I haven't played it in a couple of weeks because I've been busy with GTA, but so they might have had some updates since then. But uh, I just really love SimCity, and I think that they did a great job with with this one. Um, it goes back to like so much of what I really wanted, like getting in depth with you know strategizing your city and your layout and how it all affects it. I mean, traffic is a traffic is <laughs> you know traffic and pollution are always the worst. Pollution's not as bad this time because you don't really necessarily have to have industrial stuff. Although in SimCity 4, it was nice because you could just do one check or one law where it would make sure that all of your industry was clean energy. And so you had no pollution and it also brought in like lots of money. But it was hard to get to that point. But wow. it was, it was, those were the good old days. I have not played SimCity in a long time. I, the last one I bought was the iPhone version for my 3GS. Like the SimCity 3000 one? It was like Sims, just SimCity for the iPhone, and I think I played it when I was working at a call center back at the time, and I played maybe for 30 minutes, and I never progressed further than that, and all I thought was like, man, that was a waste of a dollar. <laughs> so. Well, I love I love SimCity, and I can't wait to keep playing it, and it's one that I will come, like, I, I go in, like, spurts, you know, where yeah. I want to play it, and Kind of like uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. You know, I always come back to Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. <laughs> I remember sitting, sitting in our apartment in Orem doing that, playing that yeah. game. Yeah. You, you should subscribe to the subreddit, uh, RCT. They I have, like people people well. post parks. You need to. You need to learn to Reddit. Reddit <laughs> will 
change your I, life. I did, I did see a post on Imgur, and just so everyone knows, Imgur is the photo hosting site for Reddit. It's a free image hosting site, and it also categorizes them by popularity and votes and things like that. And you can make one your of the, own memes now. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that I loved was um, there's a photo from from Rollercoaster Tycoon, and he was like, my competitor had a much better satisfaction rating than I did. And so I built a roller coaster that into his into. park and launched people into their park so they died. Yeah. Which made people flee from there and come into mine. That's so funny. That's, that's a great game. Things I okay. never think to do. So that's, that's all I wanted to talk about with existing games. Okay. Well, let's, let's hop into where we're going next. So um, Xbox One has been announced and PlayStation 4. I pre-ordered it yesterday. My wife is so mad. Yeah. How much why, do you, why do you need a new Xbox? You know, you already have one. Any like? Because. What do you mean you won't be able to play any of your old games? <laughs> well, oh, so still, I've kind I'm of been hesitant. Chill. I figure um, Xbox is the one I would get besides the PlayStation Four, just because I, I haven't played a PlayStation brand game in such a long time. I'm, I'm just not a PlayStation was, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the two games I played when I was a, when I played PlayStation instead of N64 were. Grand Theft Auto and um, Final Fantasy, and I don't even play Final Fantasy anymore. I just cannot, you know, devote that much time of my life to a game. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they're both on Xbox anyway. So um, Xbox One, I, I was I've kind of been debating it, and I finally turned on the trailers for the gameplay trailers for Call of Duty Ghost. Yeah, and I just have to say I've never mo- felt more giddy with anticipation. Well, then you're, you're going to have to pre-order. Well, I guess you won't because they ha- they'll have it on the 5th. On the 5th? What do you mean? Of December? No, November 5th, Black Ops Ghosts, or Call of Duty Ghosts comes out for Xbox 360. But isn't it coming out for Xbox um, yep, One? Yeah, but, but not till the 22nd, not till the Xbox One is out. And you're going to get that for the Xbox One, right? Yeah, and I'm not And you gonna... can't play each other? Are you able to play each other online? I don't know. I don't know. That would be the interesting I, thing to I look know at. that they've got this thing called Clans that is um, platform, like cross-platform playable. So I don't know if that means that everything is or what, but I don't know. Uh, see, I'm skeptical, though, because I'm more I'm a bigger fan of the Treyarch franchise. Right. Uh, Infinity War franchise. just let me down. Story and, mode is incredible, multiplayer oh, now. Incredible story. Like, Modern Warfare story is great. Yeah, but but the multiplayer, which is where I spend all of my day, and so that my wife plays with me, um, we both just love Black Ops more, the Treyarch, you know, system more than uh, Infinity the Infinity Ward one. Yeah, so I I won't be playing until November twenty second because I just kind of I'm it's gonna I'm gonna have to fork out money for that anyway, right. Well, I, I think I'll wait to get the Xbox One, but you know, this is the thing that made me want to get the Xbox One, is watching all of the things you could do. Now, I didn't know it was available for the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. November 5th, man. My year-old Star- Collector's Edition Star Wars Xbox sitting yeah. right there. Oh, that's so... It's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, but anyway, um, you know, just watching it, it just kind of made me realize a couple things. I mean, being able to, de- to destroy the level is just so important. Why have we not been able to do that until now? 
Mm -hmm. I can blow up things in the game to hurt people in the game. Yeah, that's cool. That makes sense. So that's one. Um, it made me want an Xbox One immediately. It's just so fluid and beautiful, the, the the display they were showing. But the thing that I realized is that as these games get more complex, um, I'm just going to keep sucking at games in comparison to everyone else. Kids have such a, an upper hand because oh, so true. they're not like set my daughter, in ways. She knows how to work the iPad better than I do. Yeah. And I, and I design iPad apps. <laughs> so it's the stuff that kills me. It's like, I mean, crazy. I sit, I, I'm set in my Tetris ways, man. I'm, I'm set in my, in my Zelda Link to the Past for Super Nintendo and Super Super Nintendo Ocarina. or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Street Ocarina Fighters. Ocarina of Time is where it's at. Right. So, you know, it's just interesting to see that. And I, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what point I phase out from multiplayer video games like that. I don't know, man. Sheer get, inability to compete. But I get so excited about it. And there are still people that are like older than us that I feel right play so i don't know it makes I, me very self-aware I, I guess i should say as always with call of duty i will be playing multiplayer before i am playing story yeah i'll be playing story first yeah that's, that's how you get just, good that's enough your, for multiplayer. that's your way but i just dive right into multiplayer and like november 22nd i will come home or take off work probably pick up my x-bone put in xbox one for everyone else sorry put in that's what all the playstation people call it to make oh, fun of it okay. but i i just like it i wish they would have called it the x bone <laughs> anyway, awesome. i will put in my call of duty and i will play multiplayer straight away great and then i'll be sending phil invites come on phil come on <laughs> you'll be like no man i'm at work or no man i'm, I'm trying to make story you want to talk about the other one right well yeah i've got I've got three other games that I'm really excited for on Xbox. Okay. So, number one that I am probably the most excited for, other than... Uh, I'm actually probably more excited for it than I am Call of Duty. What don't is mind, it? Don't mind my sniff. Um, Watch Dogs. Yeah, that's, that's what I have here next. Yes. So, so Watch I... Dogs is going to be great. Have you watched the trailer yet? Yeah, so I think they announced this. I'm not sure if it was this. I yes. think it was this. They announced it like over a year ago. Yeah. And they just showed the new trailer, and it's incredibly fluid. But they just barely announced that it's getting delayed until 2014. Oh, man. Q1, Q2, 2014. That stinks. Yeah, but hopefully they're doing it to make it better. You know? Yes, like, this hopefully is the one it that maybe... makes it great. This is what made me really think about the complexity of video games. I mean, there's a point where he's like jumping, he's on the phone jumping to another guy in another room, helping him do, evade the police. And it's just like, how do you like transition from the place you're at now to there while still avoiding and evading? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that game. Cool. So, uh, although uh, Ubisoft, Ubisoft or whatever. Although they've de delayed everything except for Assassin's Creed, it's so it's okay because of as long Assassin's as it's Creed. as long as it's good. Okay, so the next one that I'm excited for is Titanfall. It's like okay. a mech, the Mech Warrior one where you control this big mech dude. That's gonna be great. And then the one that I, and then lastly, of course, is Destiny. Destiny's the new killer sci-fi one, right? Made by yeah, Bungie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for Bungie to do a new game. So. 
Bungie, I, I mean, this is a complete side note, but I just kind of have to brag about my friend. Uh, my friend Corey, um, you know Corey, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he just got hired back to 343 Studios to do concept art for Halo 4, or the new Halo movie, or really? Halo game. Yeah, really? so he did Halo 4, and then he went down to LA to do some other stuff for Wildfire, the M- yeah. MMORPG Where, or whatever. Is he in and, Seattle? He just moved back up to Seattle, and he's, wow. he's back at 343 Studios doing concept design for that. That's but you cool. can see his stuff online. If you Google Corey Hubble, we'll put a link to his blog. His stuff's crazy. Do they, the kid blows my mind. Can he show us anything? Um, I don't think Probably he'll be able to show not. anything until it's published. Last time he was able to release stuff early because the Halo 4 art book came out. Um, but, um, yeah, you can hop on. I'll, we'll put a link on smellycast.com so you can see that. Yeah, no, I'm excited for all of those. I need to look at the last two a little bit more. But uh, these are all things that make me want to get an Xbox One. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to have to put our our other items on hold. I think so. So um, What what if we just talk about, I don't know, maybe we don't have time. What do you think? Do you think we have time for anything? I was thinking maybe we talk about things we love and make that kind of a, we talk about it every, every time. Every yeah, podcast. I, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, so um, right now, l- let's start with what you have. W- what do you love right now, Mike? It's things we love. That's the little intro for yeah. it. So, Ponyyourparty.com. So I've got um, three different, three different uh, things that I l- am really loving right now. Um, as far so. Like we said, we are amateurs with the podcast, and I actually am like I don't listen to that many podcasts, but I have two podcasts that I listen to every episode now, and it's only been in the last probably three months that I've really been listening to them and listening. That's funny. Hard. That's right when I started too, and I've got two that I listen. I to. I have to give all of my credit to Nick Christensen, my good really? buddy. Yeah, he talked me, and he's like, "Dude, you gotta you gotta check out Shop Talk Show." which is one of the podcasts that I listen to. It's all about front-end development, and it's uh, Chris Coyer and Dave Rupert that do it, and I feel like I, I just want to be them, you know. Uh, but Dave Rupert does a sweet soundboard in their podcast. I have no clue how he does it, but I want to do a freaking sweet soundboard. <laughs> I spent like an hour and a half today trying to figure out how I could do it, and I thought I had it, and it didn't end up working. So the other one that I really like that I want to recommend to you, Phil, is Mousedalgia. 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 They talk. They talk about Disneyland and all things Disney, um, but the Disneyland stuff in particular is fantastic. They do a lot of in-depth history. They all, they all went to D twenty three and did this like killer two podcast episode or two show summary of D twenty three, and it was. Oh, that's great. It's a good podcast. I really enjoy it. Cool. I'll check them out. I, I've actually got the uh, the CSSTricks.com bookmark now. Oh, man. He's it's the so best. Cool. Chris Clare is the best. It's really cool. I'm, I'm a noob. I, I'm a noob when it comes to front-end design and development, and uh, I'm nerding out on that stuff right now. Come on down. It's a fun place. So uh, <laughs> next thing is my my favoritist website. That is my, my baby, and I love it. Reddit.com. Now, Phil, I know you're you're kind of against the Reddit. Not, Not against, against it. the Reddit. You're scared just, to embrace. I am scared to embrace because it's a time hole. It is. And I've already is. had too many. But what you what you do is you you find the subreddits that you love, 
and you subscribe to them and, and that's it. So, for example, and this would have tied in really perfectly with one of our sections that we'll have to talk about next time, but there's a subreddit called rsoda where all it is, it's people talking about soda. Sody pop. So I've been posting pictures of all these sodas that I've been drinking to this R soda. I feel like I'm freaking king of R soda. You getting karma karma up the yin yang? Not really. It's like nine upvotes puts me to the top of the page. <laughs> but That's I love awesome. it. I love it. Um, you know, and then you've got other things like, you know, there's a subreddit for GTA and SimCity and for all these things. And that's like, that's how I found the the thing with the map and the, the blacklight stuff. Found it that's on there. That's cool. Everything, every, like I, it is a time hole. I do but, love our freebies, the subreddit freebies. Um, oh, yeah. You can get some crazy good stuff there. Coupons oh, and I haven't yada. subscribed to it. I will though. Um, so Yeah. Big on I'm a big fan of Reddit. Username Chocolate Fail if you want to look me up. Why Chocolate Fail? I don't know. I just needed a username. And I didn't I didn't want it to be anything tied to me so that I could kind of be more anonymous. So I am Chocolate Fail. Well, stupid oh, me, out. I picked The Secrets Out. <laughs> stupid me, I picked They Call Me Phil. Well, yeah. Right. You can always change it, especially because you're not really on it. So the last thing that I'm really into these days which uh, Phil is into also, is a little game called Clash of Clans. Yeah. And uh, we've, I've dedicated way, way too many hours to building my clan up. And I'm pretty proud of it. It's and been a year? It has. A year? It's been crazy. They just barely came out on Android. Wow. So all my Android buddies are starting to play now, and I'll be inviting them to our clan this week. Probably. Nice. Cool. So, all right, well, let's let's hop over to mine. Um, so yeah. similarly, podcasts. So I've been a big um, audiobook listener for the last year and a half. I did the Audible thing, and you know, I there I realized I, I bought a new car last July, and it has a timer, and it tells you how long your car has been on or how long you've been driving. Ever? It, it, you can reset it. Oh. So I reset it from time to time, and you know, I'll look down in a week, and there's forty hours. 40 hours of drive time. You have 30 minutes to work, 30 minutes back. If I go and run any errands, I drive back to Utah all the time. I'm always going on trips. And I realized I'm burning a lot of time just listening to music, which is fine. I love music. I love all music. Well, besides country and a couple of other things. I love most music. But um, I realized I was just not taking advantage of all this time. And so I started using Audible to get audiobooks. And one of the big problems that I've had is that I... I run out of bandwidth to download the audiobook, and the biggest problem audio, Audible has is it won't let me download anything more than 50 megabytes of a an audiobook at a time. Really? And then I have to be on Wi-Fi. The problem is I've got unlimited internet. I'm grandfathered into AT&T. So you can't just stream it? They don't have stream. streaming books or anything? Nope. It's just you have to download really? it to your phone to play it. Wow. And, I mean, it's cool. I love Audible. You can put, You can speed it up, so I listen to everything on one and a quarter speed. So oh, I still cool. get their voices. It's not distorted. But, you know, 40-hour book, that's a 30-hour read now instead of 40 hours. Dang. So it's great. Crank it up to two. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is I, I want good quality sound. And your brain can translate. it. Your brain can understand at two times speed. If you give it five minutes, your brain will catch up. Because we can understand like 300 words per minute. And the average person reads like 100 words per minute. So you give it five minutes of, of listening to it uh, and your brain yeah. will be able to do it? You'll be able to understand just fine what's happening. Wow. The problem is I don't like the squeaky voice. I don't like 
the yeah. sound. I enjoy the presentation. I really miss that feature on YouTube. They used to have an option to watch things in fast, fast. Yeah, like one and a half speed, and huh. I they took it away, or I don't have it anymore, and I miss that a lot. Yeah. So going from that, um, on my last trip back from Utah, when I was driving, my second to last trip, um, I ran out of audiobook, and I was like, um, okay, well, what do I do? And I realized that about a year ago, I signed up for this podcast, Script Notes Podcast, which I talked about earlier. It's from these screenwriters. And so I just started listening to them. And I burned through every all 112 episodes in the last three or four weeks. Dang, that's just, cool. Just while driving. Two trips to Utah, driving back and forth every day. I can get through a podcast basically in, in, a, in a, a day. day's trips. So, yeah, it's been great. And then because I ran out of those, I finally took the deep dive and go and went into the Nerdist, which has like three hundred yeah, something man. episodes, four hundred episodes. I haven't even I haven't even tried. So here's to what I did: the Nerdist. I scrolled through and I just picked all of the people that I wanted to hear interviews from. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis was oh, awesome. Man. I'm gonna watch. My I'm gonna favorite, listen to that one. Dave Grohl was great talking about really? Sound City, his Sundance film. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the other one, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is one of the most interesting people I've ever heard talk ever. Really, it was really I would never, I would never think that. Right. So, there's the kind of stuff. I mean, Vince Gilligan from Breaking Bad. Mm, um, tasty. Ben Folds. I just listened to Ben Folds, oh, and he talked nice. about stuff. Played his played a set. I mean, great stuff. So those are those are great. So sad. I missed Ben Folds' last last concert here in Salt Lake. Yeah, I'm sad. I missed that too. I feel like a failure. Love Ben. Ben's great. I go out of my way to see him every chance I can, except for that last time. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing, and this is all, and um, I'm a big foodie. I love food. That's why I'm a big fat guy. But um, there's a restaurant in Utah, and they just opened it up here in Arizona. It's called Neater's. And they have pumpkin chocolate chip cake with cream cheese frosting. Gross. It's so God. I'm so anti-pumpkin. Dude, you're the dumbest person I've ever met in my life. I am. Pumpkin I really spice am. is my thing. So I live It's I, my jam. <laughs> um my cousin and his wife are big into pumpkin spice too, and so we're always getting stuff. So <laughs> you that sound, you make it sound like it's weed, you know, like Yeah. <laughs> I'm, really, totally. I'm getting I'm really big into pumpkin spice. <laughs> you know what? It, it comes around for a little while, I get my fix and then I'm done for the year, so oh, I don't really care. Yeah. Have you got your uh like Pumpkin eggnog and stuff. No, nah, pumpkin spice eggnog. That's a November thing. So oh, my it's bad. out right I don't, now. But I don't I drink eggnog either. So that's because you're stupid. You don't like cheesecake either. Or watermelon. <laughs> so weird. Um, and the other one that's good is a Starbucks. You can do a pumpkin spice steamer. It's basically, a latte without the coffee. So it's steamed milk with pumpkin spice in it. It's great. You've got a pumpkin problem. <laughs> I do. I Pump, do. Pumpy prob. <laughs> Pump, getting pumped up. Pump spice. <laughs> so, you just you just go into. I can picture you just walking into Starbucks. Give me a pump spice steamer. Grounder, grounder. <laughs> oh man. So uh, we really have so many things that we can talk about. Like we could just go on forever and ever and ever. Like think about all the TV shows we can talk uh, about. All the movies, the food, Disneyland. It's good. It's good. I so don't know hopefully, who's gonna listen to this podcast? We talk about whatever we want, but it doesn't matter. The thing is, I, this is just fun to do with you, so I'm glad we're doing it. And Me you too, know, if man. other people have things they want to hear us talk about or have questions for us, they can put that up. They can message us at uh, smallycast.com. 
Yeah, so uh, anyway, um, if, if you are listening to us, if you by chance stumble into this dark black hole. Yeah, if you made it an, the hour, internet. an hour through with, with my, the Phil and Mike show. <laughs> with my I, crappy I audio be, recording. I would be shocked. Babies crying. Like if any, if any smelly belly has made it this far. Let us like, know let and us we know. will send you a free bottle. Of, it, it, the first five people, I will personally send you a bottle of my favorite soda. There you go. For the Soda of the Month Club. Boom. I don't know if anybody will make it. They won't. But that's why I feel comfortable saying the first five. Well, you limited it to five. You you almost said everybody. I know. <laughs> you never know. Maybe we'll be huge. Anyway, but these these this podcast will definitely get better as yeah. we get our as we get our sections nailed down, as we get some sweet intro music, some sweet outro music. <laughs> Maybe get some ads, some sponsors. I'm just going to sponsor with all my businesses. I, yeah, definitely. Let's do it. I was thinking that I might sponsor with the last meal that I ate. So like, I, like one of our sections would have been sponsored by Five Guys because that's what I had for lunch. Sponsored by the Cornish pasty, English pasties. That's what you had? That's what I had for lunch. Dude, you're so refined. It was great. And a bunch of people had beer around me, and the lady spilled some on my pants. Of course, can't you can't? It's not a quality meal with Phil, unless unless something is spilled on you. <laughs> That's what makes it a good time. Typically Having a myself. good time. Spilling on Phil. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. uh, anyone, thanks for listening, and just remember, this is the Smelly Cast with uh, Mike and Phil, and I, um, I don't have a so, sign off. It's so bad. It's kind of good. Oh, yeah. You know it.